Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Now, before we start, we know that mid-January can be a bit of a depressing time, but just think about this if you need a bit of inspiration. Lionel Messi has now scored 400 La Liga goals. 400. Or it might be 399 if you're being pedantic, but the goal was given to him at the time, so it counts for us now. Point is... We are so lucky that our lifetimes have coincided with his career. And as we all know, he's so much more than a goal scorer anyway. His brilliance remains undimmed. Suitably boosted, everyone? Right, on with the show. Hi, I'm Gais Mendieta, and you listen to La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Carlos Soler. And this is La Liga Lowdown. Hi, my name is John Gudetti, and this is La Liga Lowdown. And I'm David Garrido. Welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown mini pod with Redis Akarnov and broadcasts on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. It is the most comprehensive roundup of Spain's top division you'll ever hear. It's right here for your enjoyment. Plenty to get through, so coming up in the next half hour, Barcelona stay five clear after beating Eibar at the Camp Nou. So, how is Philippe Coutinho's future looking? Here's Roman. Barcelona fans have expectations that go as high as his price tag. He's already 26 with plenty of international club and country experience so if he wants to shine in one of the best clubs in the world it's probably now or never. Atleti keep up the fight with an old school 1-0 victory. Ewan's been running the rule over their displays. Of course Griezmann and Oblak are Atleti's two best players but there are 11 different players who have scored for Atletico this season. They've actually only had five 1-0 wins this season while they've won by multiple goals on eight occasions. They're much more fun to watch than some give them credit for. Madrid's kids get the better of Betis, but only just. While Sevilla stutter at Tamames, but signings are arriving. Alex assesses. Munir is a hard worker with some great technical qualities too. He has improved a lot during his time at Alaves last season. He has sharpened his game and he's coming to Sevilla ready. You could almost say that Abelardo prepared him for Pablo Machine. Leganes and Rayo also win to boost their survival hopes. And it's all kicking off down the East Coast. Villarreal stumble and Valencia drop two more points at home to Badolith. Paco was at Mestalla. Fans weren't even angry, just disappointed and sad at the end of the game. And maybe that tells its own story. And this result once again leaves Marcelino in a perilous position. Plus, we've got your three-word verdicts as well. That's all on the way. Well, we start off with leaders Barcelona, who are on course to successfully defend their title after beating Eibar 3-0 at the Camp Nou. Now, at times, it's been almost ordinary football we've seen from the champions this season, but on Sunday evening, there were flashes of their old selves. Luis Suarez scored two goals and assisted the other. The first involved some excellent quick passing. Suarez hustled brilliantly for the second for Lionel Messi, his 400th in La Liga, as we've said. And the Uruguayan then took advantage of Eibar, completely failing to track him from a throw-in for number three. Now, the other significant display 
display was from Philippe Coutinho back in the starting lineup, full of skill, little touches, incisive passes, and intelligent runs once he got into the game. So, is this an indication that Coutinho does have a future at the camp now, despite reports that Barca could listen to offers for the Brazilian? And which is the better front three for Barca? MSC with Coutinho or MSD with Usman Dembele? Well, Roman Larquer is our resident coolie here at La Liga Lowdown. So, what do you reckon, Roman? Since Coutinho got back from his injury, he's been quite terrible, including the recent defeat versus Levante in the Copa del Rey. So it was a surprise to see him start versus Eibar, and he delivered. Valverde has kept playing him despite his poor performances, and it looks like he's starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But he's still got a long, long way to go. Barcelona fans have expectations that go as high as his price tag. At Liverpool, he was one of the team's leaders on the pitch, and that's what we would love to see here. Yet I don't really believe those reports talking about a possible departure. The club has a lot of hope deposited in Coutinho. Although it is true that originally he was supposed to boost our midfield with Iniesta's absence. But we've seen he's quite a different player who prefers moving near the box. So Valverde has to decide whether he wants to play Dembele or Coutinho with Messi and Suarez. But who to pick? It's a tough call. Towards the beginning of the season we were worried about the Frenchman's performances and watching Coutinho evolve, but now it's vice versa. But I believe Coutinho should be the more immediate bet. He's already 26 with plenty of international club and country experience, so if he wants to shine in one of the best clubs in the world, it's probably now or never. Cheers for that, Roman. Well, Valverde said that Coutinho had incredible quality and he certainly played his part on stretching their winning run in La Liga to six games, five of those with clean sheets. And they return to the camp now on Thursday to try and overturn a 2-1 deficit in the Copa del Rey at home to Levante. After that, two very winnable games to the end of January in La Liga. Leganes at home, Girona away. Ernesto Valverde is managing this season very well as well as the very vocal fan base who constantly demand beautiful, exciting football. But Jordi Alba remains a talking point. Still no movement on his contract renewal and the worry must be what would happen if he got injured because Barcelona have no ready-made replacement for him. For the moment though, it's all relatively happy families. Barca five points clear halfway through the season. To Atletico Madrid, who kept their incredible home form going with another win, 1-0 at home to Levante, the goal coming just before the hour, courtesy of a VAR-decided penalty scored by Antoine Griezmann. Nikola Vucevic was judged to have handballed in the area. Thomas Partey's cross hit his hand, which he was using to support himself on the ground, much to the dismay of those in the Levante dugout. In fact, Levante head coach Paco Lopez had pointed out that according to a circular they received from the technical committee of referees, the penalty shouldn't have been given for that very reason. The decision of the VAR had also come into play in the first half. Coque's goal ruled out because of a foul from Rodri on Enisbardi earlier in that phase of play. So yet more VAR confusion. But despite all that, Atleti make it 12 wins in 14 unbeaten at home and it's now 10 clean sheets this season at the Wanda Metropolitano. But how are they actually playing? Well, let's discuss this with La Liga Lodan's Ewan McTeer. Uh, Ewan, Griezmann has scored all of Atleti's last six goals and Jan Black is producing consistent high-level performances to keep all those clean sheet so aren't Atleti a little too reliant on those two in particular? I actually think the sense that they're reliant on these two has been overstated of course Griezmann and Oblak are Atleti's two best players but there are 11 different players who have scored for Atletico this season as for Oblak he does make some incredible saves but it's also true that Atleti are conceding just 10.9 shots per game the fourth fewest in the division I think a lot of people will have seen this weekend's result on their live score app and assumed that this was Atleti scraping by with a penalty and a 1-0 win. But it was far from it. This was actually one of their best performances of the season, I thought. 
and they could have scored several more if they'd been a little more clinical. They've actually only had 5 1-0 wins this season, while they've won by multiple goals on 8 occasions. They're much more fun to watch than some give them credit for. Thanks, Ewan. Now here's a question. Do we now have a two-horse race for La Liga? After drawing away at Leganes and at home to Atletico, well, Sevilla lost 2-0 at Athletic Club to fall off the pace in the title race. And this was the day that Iñaki Williams finally decided to perform and finally score in front of his home fans. Uh, for the first goal on 23 minutes, he was played in down the left. He cut in on his right foot and unleashed an unstoppable shot. The second, he ended it himself, nipping the ball past Sergio Gomez, out sprinting the defender, rounding keeper Thomas Vatsleek and calmly finishing. Two very very different goals from the 24-year-old. They come more than two years after he'd last scored at San Mamis. He's been frustratingly inconsistent at times, but his talent is undoubted. And hopefully this will give him the confidence to kick on. And so the athletic revolution continues. And the guys are down. Not a fourth win in seven games since he took over. But Sevilla's La Liga title chances have been dealt a big blow recently. Two points taken from the last nine on offer. Transfer-wise, both teams included new signings in their matchday squad. Ibai Gomez came on as a sub, having joined a Athletic from Alaves for €4 million, Euros, while Sevilla also had Munir El Haradi on the bench and he played the last 10 minutes of this game. Well, Sevilla have signed the Barcelona forward for a cut price fee of €1 million, Euros, while they've also brought in centre-back Maximilian Verber from Ajax for around 10 times that. But how do these two fit into Pablo Machin's already competitive squad and are they the right sort of signings for Sevilla to be making as they fight on all three fronts this season? Go down to Alex Johnson can tell us. First off, what Sevilla need in order to really be able to compete especially on all three fronts is depth in the squad which these two players definitely help provide Maximilian Berber is a 20 year old centre-back from Ajax who Sevilla have been following for quite some time he has the Sevilla profile he's versatile, agile and good playing out from the back he's also left-footed which is a player type they've missed so he should complement the squad very well Munir, he has improved a lot during his time at Alaves last season, he has sharpened his game and is coming to Sevilla ready. You could almost say that Abelardo prepared him for Pablo Machin. Munir is a hard worker with some great technical qualities too and he should definitely be able to offer Sevilla another threat in attack. Thanks Alex. Meanwhile Sevilla are joined on 33 points by Real Madrid who just about clinched victory by two goals to one at Real Betis on Sunday night. Significant for Madrid and particularly for Santi Solari who changed system and shuffle personnel to deal with the possession heavy challenge of Real Betis. Ironically the teams actually switched formations. Betis lined up in a 4-3-3 while Madrid had a three-man defence and wing-backs. More than 50,000 fans at the Estadio Benito Villamarín witnessed a fascinating game throughout. Real Madrid looking to play on the break. Benzema just checked his run. Stayed level with the last man. Now attacking into the area. Goes for goal. Drives it though into the body of Aiza Mandy. Comes back out to Modric across to the far side of the area. Now the shot and again it's Bartra. Now Modric and Madrid have the lead. And Luka Modric just moved up a gear as the ball came back out to him. And he finds the top corner of the net. And Los Blancos lead. And there's a ball through for Canales. Flag stays down. And is a level. No, the flag's up. VAR will have a look at it. So he's just waiting. So, so difficult to see from here, but it looks like Carvajal is keeping him on. Through the wall, it's into the back of the net. And Real Madrid lead. And it is the former Real 
in. Well, that's how the goals went in on 11 Sports in the UK. And Madrid won this game, having had only 26% possession, their lowest for more than seven years. And this was a big boost for Santi Solari's decision-making. His starting lineup included the likes of 20-year-old midfielder Fede Valverde and 22-year-old left-back Reguilón. And as for his substitutions, as well as match winner Dani Ceballos, well, Solari brought on 20-year-old Cristo González at half-time and new signing 19-year-old Brian Diaz late on to join 18-year-old Vinicius Jr. on the pitch. That was their front three at the end. And the kids were more than all right. Another intriguing thing, Isco did not feature at all. Even with all the issues that Madrid had going into this match, Marcos Llorente, Marco Asensio, Tony Cruz, Gareth Bale injured, while Lucas Vasquez was suspended. The future for Isco doesn't look good at all. We'll see if that situation improves anytime soon. Now, this was our chosen game on Partidazo Predictions. It's a competition we have amongst the La Liga Lowdown squad. We run them as videos on our Twitter, which is at La Liga Lowdown, so go check that out. Three points for the correct scoreline, one for the right result. Bakwalitz got it spot on with his 1-2 prediction. Ewan also predicted a Madrid win. So this is how it affects the overall table. Bakwalitz moves on to 19 points. Ewan up to 14. Everyone else stays where they were. I'm on 10, Roman 9 and Alex 7 points. Alaves are still flying high in the European places after drawing 1-1 at Girona. They had to come from behind to get something from Montilivi after an absolute wonder goal from Cristian Stuani, an overhead kick to take his La Liga tally for the season to 12. Alaves' equaliser arrived at the start of the second half. Borja Baston firing past Bono from close range. 1-1, a fair result. It leaves Alaves fifth in the table after 19 matches, which is frankly a bit bonkers, but utterly deserved. Abelardo said that no Alaves fan could have imagined having 32 points halfway through the season, and that's totally true as well. As for Girona, well they're safely tucked in mid-table, but they're winless in five in La Liga and El Serbio, and they're drawing a lot of games at the moment. So what does their half-term report look like? Back to Roman Derquer for this one. Girona can be pleased so far. Last season, everybody was really impressed with their achievements, and after their first 19 games, they'd managed 26 points. That's only two more than now with Eusebio. But let's keep in mind they're still among the teams with the lowest budget in the league, which means they weren't capable of completing extraordinary signings this summer, and they lost Pablo Machin, who was absolutely essential to the squad. This isn't an easy task for Eusebio, but he's getting results even though many of those are draws. The problem is the standings are so compact. There's barely a nine-point difference between European positions and the relegation zone, so a few defeats can see the team drop from the top half to the bottom half of the table. But there still is room for improvement. Eusebio finally seems convinced about playing three at the back instead of four, so more consistency there. And Porto, who had a poor start, is beginning to get back on track. That added to Stuani's unbeatable form should mean good news. Cheers, Roman. That's it for part one of this podcast, but we switch our focus to the sharp end of the table in part two, and that's coming up in a couple of ticks. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Redis Sakanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. So five games down, five to go on match day 19. But before we get stuck into the relegation battle, let's focus on perhaps the most delicate manager's job at the time of recording, and that's at Valencia. Marcelino's team were again denied, held 1-1 by Real Valladolid for Valencia's 11th draw of the league campaign. The host had so many chances, it's untrue, but the goal did eventually come. Valencia captain Dani Parejo exchanging passes with Carlos Soler and then emphatically finishing pass keeper Jordi Masip. Here's the thing though, Valencia simply cannot see out these games. The equaliser was a brilliant free kick from Rubel Alcaraz from 30 yards out. Neto, no chance. 1-1 the final score. It means that Valencia have just one win in six and yet again missed opportunities to blame for them not beating supposedly inferior opponents. Watching at Mestalla, La Liga Lodan's Paco Polit. It's actually amazing and a bit sad the way the game ended for Valencia. Once again, they enjoyed a handful of clear chances with Rodrigo Moreno's penalty missed and uh, saved by Massive. Another incredible miss by Santi Mina. All in all, incredible chances to easily win this game, but they once again came away with only a single point. Fans weren't even angry, just disappointed and sad at the end of the game. And maybe that tells its own story. Many of the supporters here, the season ticket holders, have given up. Alcaraz, screamer of a goal, a total rocket. Kemgo and Valencia were finally deserving a win in front of their home crowd. And this result once again leaves Marcelino in a perilous position. The coach had been hugged by Parejo when the captain scored the opener and looked very nervous when his team saw the game leveled. His future doesn't look bright and everyone here will be keeping their eyes peeled and ears to the ground for news from Valencia's board in the next few hours and days. Well, Marcelino said that after the game he doesn't fear the sack and the club can take that decision if they feel that he is to blame. Well, those words could come back to haunt him. To the scrap to avoid the drop then, Rayo Vallecano may have looked doomed a few weeks back, but he picked up a third straight win in a thoroughly entertaining game as they won 4-2 at home to Celta Vigo. One of the reasons they are still in with a chance of survival is the form of online Real Madrid striker Raul de Tomas. He scored eight goals in La Liga this season, all of them at Vallecas and three on Friday night. Moreno again, square to the Tomas! And now Trick. It's an absolute scorcher from Raul de Tomas. Bebe rounded off Raul's victory after that to make it three straight defeats for Celta. But the visitors had been ahead in this game, so that's now nine points they've dropped from winning positions. The Celta boss Miguel Cardoso criticised the state of the Vallecas pitch, calling it horrible and completely frozen. And there was a strange situation surrounding midfielder Fran Beltran. He was whistled by the Rayo fans whenever he touched the ball and then subbed off on 78 minutes. A Beltran had been in the Rayo youth system. He'd helped them to promotion last season before signing for Celta last summer. He said cryptically afterwards that one day people will find out his real reasons for leaving Rayo as well as who the bad guys and good guys were. 
to the other Madrid-based team in need of a result to get them away from the danger zone, and that is Leganes. They welcome bottom side Huesca de Budarque and they beat them 1-0. Despite dominating and having clear-cut chances, they had to wait until the 75th minute to score their goal. Jonathan Silva swung in a ball from the left wing into the near post, where Yusuf Enesiri connected with a low volley to finally beat the superb Roberto Santamaria and continue Lega's excellent home form. Vital win for them, but Huesca failed to build on their comeback victory over Rabetis. Our Ewan McTeer was at Butarque. The fans at Butarque have been leaving with smiles on their faces after yet another positive result at home. That's 16 points now that they've collected in front of their fans. If they can keep up that kind of form, then they should have a good chance in this relegation battle. Huesca, on the other hand, looks sunk. They're anchored to the bottom of the table and didn't even come close to winning this match. I was really disappointed, actually, in the way they were time-wasting in the second half, with the score still locked at 0-0. They needed a win as much as Leganes did. There's not many positives for them. They're earning fewer points per match under new coach Francisco, 0.55 versus Leo Franco, 0.63. Even if they do look a bit better... And the 4-1-4-1 system he's installed with Damien Musto playing almost as a third centre-back gives him a solid base. But they need goals and Kutra Hernandez is so isolated up front. I really fear for them. I fear they'll be mathematically gone before we've all finished our Easter eggs. Now, because of those wins for Rayo and Lega, at kick-off, Villarreal had slumped to second bottom, but they didn't help their survival hopes after losing at home to Getafe by two goals to one. Jorge Molina's rasping strike for Getafe was cancelled out by an own goal from his teammate Leandro Cabrera, but the real drama came at the end. Angel definitely chipping Sergio Asenjo on 89 minutes after a quite brilliant Getafe breakaway, and Villarreal then hit the bar twice and the post once, plus Carl Tocque Canby was fouled and a penalty was given in stoppage time which the Cameroonian missed badly and what's worse is that apparently it should have been Santi Casorla who took that spot kick so Luis Garcia Plaza's record at Villarreal so far reads as follows played six won one drawn four lost one uh, let's bring Paco Bolit back in to talk about the new man at the Estadio de la Ceramica uh, Paco what has changed with Villarreal under Luis Garcia so far if anything actually quite a lot has changed even though the results don't back up the new ideas brought to the table by the new coach yet. Young players such as Samu Chugwete are becoming much more important, but those players need guidance and you don't get much better than a masterful veteran named Santi Cazorla. He wasn't fit at the beginning of the season after almost three years out injured, but Luis Garcia has kept him as one of the keystones of his team and new signing Vicente Iborra's experience will also help anchor the midfield. However, two problems remain and both were seen against Getafe. First of all, Villarreal keep defending very poorly. Just check out how easy it was for Jorge Molina to score the opener. And also, they keep missing chances when attacking with one player, the chief culprit. Gerard Moreno, Villarreal's record signing, looks nothing, absolutely nothing like the player who scored 19 goals last season for Espanyol. Cheers for that, Paco. Well, here's another chilling thought. In both of the two seasons when Villarreal got relegated to Segunda, they had more points after 19 matches than they do now. Two huge games coming up in La Liga before the month is out at home to a resurgent athletic club and then away to Valencia in the derby. But slumps can be stopped as Real Sociedad have proved. After four straight defeats, it's now back-to-back 
wins in La Liga under new boss Imanol Alguacil. And this latest one was hard fought, 3-2 against Espanyol in an entertaining Monday night game. They bolted out of the blocks with two goals in the first eight minutes. Miquel Medina from close range and a Williams Jose penalty. But the home side switched off, their old problems resurfaced and back came the visitors with an Aldo header and a Diego Llorente own goal just before half-time. Merino and William Jose combined for the third for La Real before the Spanish midfielder got himself sent off for two yellow cards. But the hosts managed to see the game out. They showed a bit of steel to clinch only their second home league win of the season. So, Imanol has had an immediate impact at Anueta, just like he did when he came in last season, winning five out of the final nine games to drag La Real away from danger. Uh, let's bring Alex Johnson back in here. Uh, so, Alex, what can we take from these last three games? What is Imanol's philosophy and what are we expecting going forward? Well, for me, the absolute biggest concern with La Real under Asier Garitano was the character. And it's still the main problem, but it's also where I've seen a change, especially in this last game. In previous encounters, they've been slow starters and struggled to get into gear, so maybe Manol can get his team fired up and focused early. They also found that extra gear at 2-2, something they couldn't do before, and this result will do wonders for the confidence of what is a very young squad. In terms of players, we've seen Mikel Merino start in the last few games when he'd previously been a sub, left back I am Munoz, come in from the B team and Lucas Angali is back too. They're all young, talented players which aligns with Real Sociedad's overall philosophy of giving their youth product opportunities. Although, Emmanuel will have more options when his injured players return. As for the near future, Real Sociedad's next five opponents are all in the bottom half of the table. So this is the perfect time to build momentum, put a run together and maybe even have a chance of qualifying for Europe next season. Thanks, Alex. So here's how the table looks at the halfway stage. Barcelona top on 43 points, Atletico second on 38, Sevilla third and Real Madrid fourth, both on 33 points, with Alaves fifth on 32. At the bottom, Huesca have 11 points, Villarreal are second bottom on 17, Rayo are third bottom with 19 points, and just above the relegation zone are Celta with 21, and then there are five teams all on 22 points. Your three-word verdicts now before we go. You've been sending them to us on Twitter, so thank you for those. Charlie Barter starts us off. Coutinho did okay. Uh, yeah, I guess he did. Nick Turner has gone for bye-bye Isco. This from Brian Miller. Sevilla losing momentum. A Howl 9000 JM's verdict is Alaves continue seriously. Cracking season for them so far. Matthew Clark says, at last Iñaki. Of course, referring to uh, Iñaki Williams finally scoring at home for Athletic Club. Uh, this from Lavogez. Relegation battle shaker. Yes, tight down there, isn't it? And Chris's three words are simply Raul de Tomas the hat-trick hero for Rayo Vallecano. That's about it, but don't forget about our Twitter feed. We're growing all the time. We would love you to come hang out with us on social media. So come follow at La Liga Lowdown on Twitter. And do please keep giving us those generous five-star ratings and awesome reviews on this podcast. We are thrilled you listen whenever and wherever you are in the world. That's your La Liga Lowdown. We'll see you next time. This was a Radio Stakano production. 